Austin Matthews continues to make history in a win over the Montreal Canadiens. We'll break the game down and also talk a little bit about Jack Campbell's workload as we approach the final 10 games of the season. That and more on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can now also catch us on video on YouTube Locked on Leafs, and uh, a little bit later in the show, we'll be giving away our first word, the first word in the phrase, and a reminder that each day we'll be giving away a new word, and then on Friday, you put the phrase together, and you can get entered to win uh, the Austin Matthews hockey stick, which, where did I put that? Well, it's around here somewhere. Oh, anyway. Just lose the price. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's behind my screen, but I don't want to move this around. Anyways, it's here. I know it's here. Oh, here it is, actually. Bam. There you there go. See? There we go. There you go. That's what you can win. Uh, so I'm not going to tell you when, but at some point in this episode, I'm going to let you know when, uh, what word is the word for Monday. There'll be another one on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then Friday, you're going to comment on the YouTube page what exactly the whole phrase is from the entire week. And then next Monday, we announce the winner. That's how this is going to work. Um, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline, as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. And uh, we're going to start, Dave, by just giving Austin Matthews more and more props. I mean, I know we do this literally every single show. We sit here. And we just talk about how amazing this guy is. But he just keeps breaking records like on a daily basis. 50 goals in 50 games happened. He did it. He did 51 in 50 games, actually. Because then he scored like 30 seconds later. It was um, it was incredible. Um, but Austin Matthews, uh, you know, opens up the score against the Montreal Canadiens. Leafs won that one five or uh, 3-2 rather. We'll break that down in just a moment. But... Austin Matthews uh, doing something that has been done since Mario Lemieux in 1996. So not even Alex Ovechkin was able to do something at this like consistent rate. I mean, like when, when you really break it down and think about it, the fact that not even the great eight Alex Ovechkin has been able to do this feat, this accomplishment, does that really kind of put it into context for how special of a player this is and, and, what we're watching here is actually just, you know, something that may never happen again, really. Yeah, I mean, th- this whole idea that, you know, and, and there's so much debate about the 50 and 50, like, it doesn't matter whether he did it to start the season. Like, to go a 50-game stretch and to consistently score at the rate that Austin Matthews is scoring 
Like, I, I don't know what you can say that can diminish the accomplishment. There really is not. And there was a point in that game, Mike, I mentioned the fact that there, he could have broken 60 against the Montreal Canadiens. Let's be real. Did you think it was it, it could have been a possibility after he scored two in like I did like a twenty second span? It's I did. Yeah, I, I I did. Like I I actually I went and watched it at a bar. It was the first time I went and watched the Leaf game at a bar in a while. I went out with my cousin and uh, my cousins, and uh, we we're just watching it, uh, you know, down the street. And he scored two quick ones. And and I look, I'm like, I looked at my cousin. I'm like, dude, this guy might get to sixty tonight. So he was talking about like, oh, imagine if he gets to 60 this year. But I'm like, oh, 60 is happening. 60 is 1,000% happening. Yeah. It's 65 and 70 is like where the question is at. And like, can he get there? Um, and then he scored two quick ones. I turn over. I'm like, dude, this guy might get to 60 tonight. Like, damn. I thought for sure at least a hat trick. And I thought for sure he was going to at least get like an empty netter, um, which I wish he did because I made a, a puck line wager on them. At bet online, it was Matthews to score and uh, the Leafs to and the puck line bet, so they had to win by two. Unfortunately, that did not cash because it was a one goal game. But, uh, anyways, it, it's even like just, just the way that he was scoring the goals, too, right? Like the first one, I didn't realize until I saw the power play or the, the replay that it was off a rebound. Like, he Jake Allen made the first save, and oh, then, yeah, like, that's where he like hurt himself. And then Matthews following up and just, okay, fine, boom, puts it back in. And then the second goal that he scored on Montembeau, his first shot of the game, he just goes in, goes across his face, and then makes, shoots literally the other side. Um, yeah, the guy's just outstanding, absolutely outstanding. He was doing a little bit of everything in that game too. But the fact that he's got – he's up to 58 goals, dude. 58 goals. Like we, we have – Leafs fans who have watched, and I was reflecting on this uh, on the weekend too. Like we, Leafs fans have never seen anything like this. We haven't seen a player dominate like this in our in my lifetime. I haven't seen it. Maybe yeah. those who grew up and watched, you know, Daryl Sittler when he put ten points in ten games. Uh, those who watched, <laughs> maybe we go further back to those who watch Cup wins and you know guys like Dave Keon shining. But I don't think we've ever, we've never witnessed truly to say that right now the Charmy Leafs have the best goal scorer in the NHL. I, it, it's I don't think we've we've ever seen it. And while I know everybody is thinking about this doesn't matter until the playoffs, you know what ha- what they do in the playoffs. I think we're diminishing too much what Austin Matthews is doing because we're too worried about the playoffs. Like take a moment guys and realize what Austin Matthews is accomplishing right now, because not many have done it. Like even not like not many teams in the last 20 years, even 30 years have seen a player do what Austin Matthews has done. So please make sure you appreciate it. Cause I know it's, it was again, as Mike said, we don't know if he'll do it again because it's such a rare accomplishment. Do you think that he's appreciating it enough? I think the I think when he he's trying to be level headed because he knows that the what the ultimate goal for himself is. But I think in that moment with with the ovation, he said it caught him by surprise, and I think he it kind of sunk in. I think that was kind of that maybe by design a little bit. 
because if he's anticipating it, you, you're kind of letting it down for yourself. So you're not letting the moment get too big for yourself. But I think by catching him by surprise, I think it really allowed him to fully understand the, the weight of it. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'll be honest with you. I fully expected like somewhat of a pregame ceremony with like, I don't know, a plaque or flowers or something being given yeah. to Austin, Dave, or with uh, Rick Vive in the building, you know, shaking his hand out there at center ice, the ceremonial puck drop. I expected all of that, to be honest with you, when like during that game. Um, we didn't really get it, right? And then it came like, I don't know, five minutes or so into the first period. I mean, that's that, that was by design, like you said, just because they, they figured something was going to come. But then it came, and yeah, he said, I think he said he had like chills or something like that. Like it kind of caught him off guard, started to get a little emotional, which I mean, it rarely happens for Austin Matthews. Like the guy's almost a robot, realistically. He doesn't show too, too much emotion. Um, so I thought that that was kind of cool where he, you know, he showed some vulnerability, uh, I suppose, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's something that. We'll see again. You know, like I said, this is the first time since 1996 we saw a guy score 50 goals in a 50-goal span. And I'm with you. Whether it's, you know, midway through the season, to end the season, to start the season, 50 goals in 50 games is a special, special feat. Um, and it certainly should not be uh, – shouldn't be – put with an asterisk because it wasn't done from games one to 50. Who cares? Who cares? It's just as impressive, impressive and just as amazing um, that it happened. All right. Why don't we take uh, a break and we get back, we can get into the game itself. Talk about uh, more than just what Austin did. Although, you know, he was really a man amongst men, a man amongst boys out there as he usually is. But there were some other good things that we saw out of that game that we want to talk about. We'll break it down when we return. Uh, we'll also chat about uh, what maybe should be the workload for Jack Campbell in the in the final 10-game stretch here. And is Matthew Nyes coming out and coming to Toronto? We'll discuss all that and more when we return here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. But first, a word from our show sponsor. Yes, our one of our first show sponsors, Athletic Greens. I know that everybody feels like they're trying to find a way to stay healthy. And, you know, it's always hard to remember to take those vitamins and supplements every day. You know, you have a bunch of different pills and things. But this is where Athletic Games really does come in handy. All it takes is one scoop. That's all I do every morning. Put it in my water, shake my water, and that will help me in so many different ways. Okay. For me, I was looking for something to give me a little more energy Something that's simple for me to take so that my health would be the number one priority when I start my day. Uh, I, I have my family try it out. They seem to really like the simplicity of it and the nice little bonuses that it comes with. Uh, just some health facts about Athletic Greens. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or anything artificial. It still tastes good. It supports better sleep quality, which is definitely important in today's world, and recovery. It helps support mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. 
you go to Athletic Greens, they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. They're recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, which is something that Mike and I right now have. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to the Locked On at Least podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. With me, Dave Morissuti. We are your hosts here at Locked On Leafs. And now I'm going to give away the first word as the part of the phrase for uh, the Matthews Tim Hortons Collectible Stick giveaway. And your first word for Monday is Matthews. It's Matthews. Of course, this had to be Austin Matthews related. That's not going to really be a surprise there. So the first word for you to remember, for you to write down somewhere, I'll give you a minute to, to, to find some pen and paper. I'll repeat it again. Your first word is Matthews. Maybe you put it in your phone. Maybe you want to comment it down below right now so that you don't forget. The first word for the Monday show is Matthews. We'll give away another word tomorrow and then on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then on Friday show, you're going to have to comment the full phrase. And then we'll pick somebody from there and tell who the winner is on Monday. So that's how this uh, this giveaway is working. So the first word, Matthews. And uh, speaking of Matthews, I was at um, I was at a hockey card show the other day. I like to, to collect hockey cards. Um, for those who've been listening to the podcast for a while, know that. Uh, I used to do like some podcast, some hockey card episodes every now and then, but I ended up picking up the day after this little Austin Matthews rainbow rookie card. Shiny. See the rainbowness on it. So. Well, I, I'm seeing the shininess of it. If you're wa- if you're watching on YouTube, you might need to get yourself a pair of shady rays on right now to make sure that you're not getting blinded by the sh- Austin Matthews hall. I guess it's hol- what do they call them? The hol- hologram sort of. Yeah, hologram. it's like a foil. It's like a shiny foil, hollow type of thing. Yeah. Something like that. But anyways, uh, I had to pick that up because I saw it and it was a pretty good price. And I was like, you know what? What this guy's doing right now, uh, these car prices are just going to keep going up and up and up. So I think this is a, a sound price that you're offering it right now. I'm going to take it, buddy. I'll I'll give you what you're asking for. And uh, I think he, he Gave it to me for a little cheaper than he probably should have. But, hey, he was happy with, with what he got. I was happy to give him what he wanted. We both came out uh, happy campers, I would say. So, um, back into the game from Saturday night, though. Maple Leafs with a 3-2 law, uh, win against the Montreal Canadiens. They've clinched a playoff spot, Dave. They have officially clinched a playoff spot. And we wake up Monday morning. They are five points up on the Boston Bruins for uh, the second 
spot in the division. I'm not wrong, right? That didn't change last, you no, know, because they lost to, thanks to Washington, whom they lost to, although Tampa won. So maybe I'm, could be Tampa wrong. Tampa is four points behind right now. Yeah. So Tampa's won. So they're four points up on Tampa Bay for second. Uh, so if the playoffs were to start now, it would be Toronto versus Tampa Bay, and the Maple Leafs would have home ice advantage. Um, but regardless, you know, getting the win, securing over, securing a, the playoffs, which was really just a foregone conclusion since about Christmas, to be quite honest with you. But getting to that 100-point mark, um, 10 games to go now, too. And they're five points away from breaking a franchise record at that, which is kind of crazy. They've got 10 games. They only need to win three of them, I guess, three of the next 10 to break a franchise record for points. Kind of wild, kind of wild. But uh, 3-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens, um, outside of it being the Austin Matthews show and how dominant that he looked. What else did you like about that game Saturday night, Dave? You know what? Munch, we, we kind of saw a similar... Montreal was trying a similar game plan almost where in the, from the last game where it was kind of like weather the storm early. Although Austin Matthews scored two goals, so I don't know how how well they weathered that storm. Mm-hmm. But it was almost just like don't like they kind of relaxed the days in the first period. And something that I have heard a lot of people who cover the Montreal Canadiens kind of reiterate that their first periods are really really brutal. But it was I was more impressed with what the Leafs did in the second period, which was you know Montreal was really pushing. Yes, they tied the game. A uh, couple of. You know the one play where Cole uh, where Cole Caulfield kept the puck in the zone, like that's just an unbelievable play. So like the, something like that, you, you it kind of you know it was kind of a broken play, and it, I think the Gallagher pass went off somebody's like foot or or stick. It wasn't even going to the intended <laughs> intended target, and then I think that kind of threw the whole play off. Like I I think you know what like the Leafs didn't allow it to snowball from there, right? Montreal, you know, they tie the game, but it was, it didn't, I didn't feel like, you know, like that they were just going to take all the momentum. Like they, like Joel Edmondson scored that nice goal in the slot. John Tavares responds not too long later. Like that's what I think we need to see the Leafs do more of. Yeah. The team scores on you. Make sure that you have a response. Don't allow the team, the other team, to just realize, all right, we got them on the ropes now. Let's really push it. Um, because if, if Tavares doesn't score there, that Cole Caulfield goal then ties the game, and you're just like, uh, is this happening again? Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And and I thought the John Tavares, like the work that he did on that goal, was was fantastic. That was really nice to see. Um. Yeah, I think the just the fact that they played, you know, a, a rather complete game from start to finish, uh, and they never really gave Montreal much momentum. You know, like the Joel Edmondson, like you said, scored, and then they could have that could have tilted things, but then a couple of minutes later, Tavares makes it three one, restores the two goal lead, and then Caulfield does end up scoring again uh, on the power play once again, and and that was one thing that or that I wanted to or no, he didn't score on the power play. Sorry, I thought the no, was that not a power play goal, or was it directly right after the power play? I believe it was just after the power play. Yeah. Okay, okay, so it must have been just as it was expiring because I could have sworn that that was on the power play. But 
Um, one thing that I wrote noticed about the other night that, and, and I didn't, I didn't realize it was that aggressive of a game until I saw the box score afterwards. See, Toronto had 43 hits. This was a chippy game. Like Austin yeah. Matthews was getting in on the physical play. That tells you. Dude, like, dude, Mitch Marner had seven hits. Mitch Marner had seven hits in this game. He's been finishing his checks a lot recently. I don't know what's gone into him, but it's like he, he, he's just – I really don't understand it. It's as if he feels like now that this team is, you know, get inching towards the playoffs – he realizes, all right, for me to really take my game to the next level like I want to, I got to play a little bit more of a playoff-style game. And if that includes being aggressive, that includes playing you know, a heavy brand of hockey, finishing checks, making uh, making it tougher to play against me specifically, not only because I can dangle the, the crap out of you and embarrass you, but I'm also going to make you, make you you know bang your body against the glass and make it make you feel it whenever you're out there on the ice with me. I, I actually think that this is going to be a big-time positive when the playoffs roll around if we he, if we have Mitch Marner out here tossing out hits. Now, are they the, you know, Scott Stevens level of hits? No. But, hey, man, I'm sure those licks definitely don't feel good if you're on the opposition, and you just want to make things uncomfortable for your opponents. And, you know, that's what, what Marner seems to be doing, not just with his stick and with his brain, but now also with his body. Yeah, and like I, I understand some people are like, ah, oh, you know, it could just be the person counting hits is getting a little trigger happy with, you know, how many hits they recorded. But no, like if you look at this game, like they they were lauding a lot about, you know, how Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner weren't just getting it done on the offensive side of the, but they were also doing it defensively. Like yeah. that, like that remains something that I think a lot of people who continue to deter from what the Leafs are accomplishing haven't really paid attention too much to what Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner have done defensively. And sure, that's fine. I mean, we we know the we know the skeptics, we know what everybody is saying about them. But I have seriously noticed a difference in the attitude of both these players. It, I don't know what I know. I mean, we can guess <laughs> what exactly it is that's leading to all of this, but um, I, I that's what has impressed me the most, right? Is that they're not just going out there and worrying about scoring ridiculous goals. They're also realizing that they have to get it done on the other side because what, what does it matter how many goals you scored? If you're, pull, you know, fishing up more on your side, you know, out of your net. And I, yeah. I think, I think that, that mentality change is something that I think does it gets talked about quite a bit, but I don't think the weight of it really is is being grasped right now. Yeah, I I completely agree uh, with that point. Um, you know what? Why don't we quickly get to our three stars, and then we'll come back and uh, talk about the goaltending situation down the stretch, and then also. Um, the full court press that's expected to go down with uh, one of the Maple Leafs prospects and them trying to sign him over into Toronto for the rest of the season. Um, but before we do, let's get into the three stars of the game. Uh, my third star, I guess, I want to give it to the Muzzin-Brody tandem. I'm starting to like what they got cooking there. Muzzin came back in his first game uh, against Florida, and it was with Justin Hall, and it did not go well. It was brutal. But then 
it looked pretty good in Dallas. And then I thought it looked real good uh, the other night against, uh, against Montreal, you know, they're just, you know, it's a sound solid pairing. And also for whatever reason with Brody there, it seems like Muzzin has so much more like comfortability in jumping up into the rush. Like he always seems to be getting, you know, good looks and opportunities. It's not really finishing on much of these opportunities, but he's getting some looks down there, which I, I appreciate. And then they can also get it done on the defensive end. Also, um, I think they outshot while they were out there on the ice. Um, what I see it was, it was like something ridiculous. Hold on a sec. So uh, uh, yeah, he, he had six. Yeah. So Jake Muzzin had a, had a, a team high 76 shot share, Corsi percentage. And then shots for, yeah, 16 to six with Muzzin out there on the ice. So, you know, they're they're doing it, man. They're they're getting it done, uh, which is awesome to see. 74% expected goals, uh, goal four percentage when Jake Muzzin's out there on the ice. So wanted to give some love for for those two guys. Muzzin stock was kind of trending down, and now it's starting to go back up. And I think it's just a a testament to how good TJ Brody actually is because he seems to lift every single player he's with, every partner, whether it's Morgan Riley. Justin Hall, Mark Giordano at some point, got to think he'll get back together with him. But in his career, he's lifted him up to high, high uh, status. And now he's turned Jake Muzzin back into a reliable top four option. It's it's good to see. So uh, third star for that pairing for me. Yeah, my my third star was to John Tavares for that goal. And again, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of good things out of his game. He's, you know, he doesn't have the offensive superstars around him. He doesn't have the William Nylander guy that can kind of help. He's got to be the catalyst for the offense. I thought him, I thought even Alexander Kerfoot looked really good in this game. It just seems like Saturday night, every game for every game should be played on Saturday night. That way, Alexander Kerfoot kind of always seems to take his, his game to another level on a Saturday night. I thought they were noticeable in the right ways. And, I, I like what I've seen from Tavares. He's getting those goals. We were all worried about him, or I mean, I wasn't worried, but quite a few people were worried about his production. I think we're starting to see that he he's he's gaining the confidence in the right way. Yeah, I thought it wasn't that I think people were worried, but it was like the lack of the lack of production was concerning mm-hmm. at the very least. Um but here's a little factoid that uh, my good friend Mark Masters has provided myself with. Um, since being split up, Tavares and Nylander, eight games ago, he's got three goals, leads the Leafs in expected goals, and expected high-danger Corsi uh, in those last eight games alongside Mikheyev and Kerfoot. So he's playing well, actually without Willie Nylander and Nylander's doing his thing too. Like Nylander's playing um, some solid minutes on the third, third line as well, alongside camp and angle. So uh, I, I think that we'll see this duo, I guess, split up for a little bit longer. I, I think eventually they want to get them back together, but I mean, if they're going to find success away from each other, you spread out the balance uh, of scoring. Why not? And I had Tavares as my second start. He's my second start of the game for a lot of the same reasons that you said, but like, I, I thought that that goal was very um, like, it was just a, a, just a great move that he made. I know it wasn't like the prettiest and it went off a skate and everything like that, 
but just to kind of, you know, protect the puck, fake one way, come around another, and then just like scoop it around and, and shoot it towards the goal. It was just a smart hockey play, right? Just put the puck on net and uh, hopefully something good will happen. And Dave went up the defender skate and into the back of the net. And, and it, 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 it was a timely goal that didn't allow Montreal to build momentum, right? It kind of stopped momentum that Montreal could have built after them scoring their first goal to cut the lead in half just a couple of moments before that. So, um, and, and an all around great game defensively, he was tying up sticks. He was you know, battling for pucks. Uh, I, I like Tavares's game as well. Uh, your second star. Uh, Eric Shalgren. I thought after that really, really brutal game against Florida, yeah. It, you know, and he him mentioning that he got hit with in the jaw with a shot, which I don't know about you, doesn't seem all too pleasant. Not to rattle your cage a bit. Yeah, I I thought he was solid. I thought this was the type of performance that we. This is the the Shalgren that you know came onto the scene in his first few games and kind of stabilized the goaltending. You know, yeah, did he allow two goals on? No, he didn't see a high volume of shots. But he made some ridiculous saves. I mean, that game could have gone out of hand for Toronto in a couple ways with the breakaways Montreal had and some of the, you know, just some of the opportunities that they had. And he just, he, he was steady. He was calm. And it, it, it kind of put, you know, when you have, you know, what Montreal is going through when, um, um, you know, when Montebo comes in and kind of stabilize things for Montreal when Jake Allen got out and hurt, like, Shagrin had to do, especially in that second period. I feel like it was it was just something that the Leafs really needed to kind of ensure that it wasn't this game wasn't not going to snowball into Montreal's favor. Right, and they had seen that happen in Shagrin's last start, right? Where in the second period they held a, a pretty sizable lead, five. They're up five one, and then things started to snowball, and and you know he was able to make those key saves, timely saves, to make sure that that did not happen. Now Montreal is not quite the Florida Panthers. So it's 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 a little easier to make stops when it's not guys like Huberto and Barkov and Sam Reinhardt uh, on the doorstep. But um, definitely a, a solid game out of him. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this on the other side. Just, you know, did that game give you a little bit more confidence to play him a little bit more down the stretch? And could that allow Sheldon Keefe to rest Jack Campbell a little bit uh, as they head into the playoffs? Perhaps. Perhaps we'll talk about that uh, in just a moment before we get to that. I guess uh, the first star of the game, Mr. Austin Matthews. Uh, I think that's probably good for both of us. You're nodding your head. Oh, yes, it is. Scores number 57 and 58 in that game. Um, I mean, what more can you say about him? We, we've already talked about it for the last 20 minutes, I suppose. So I'm not really sure if there's much else I can say um, other than he's just every single night, man. The dude is fantastic. Um, and he's out there playing a full 200 foot game and it just seems like it's so effortless. It's so easy what he's, what he's able to do. Um, and like when he scored number 57 to like the 50 and 50 goal, didn't you just, I don't know about you, but I called it, I guess you could say the second they broke into the zone, they had like speed. They were going in. It was like a three on two. I'm like, oh, that's that's it. Fifteen fifty, right there. And sure enough, that was that was it. That was a goal. Um, it's just becoming a daily occurrence that this guy's going to put one in the back of the net. It really is. And 
you know, if you were if you were a smart lad, maybe uh, you could capitalize on that and put down a little cha-ching if you want. Because like I said, the guy has 50 goals, 51 goals in his last 50 games, which means this guy's scoring almost every single day. And you yourself can make some money if this guy does score each and every game. Over at betonline.net, take that prop. Take a goal-scoring prop. Goal anytime for Austin Matthews each and every night. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports development league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, and the start of Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device uh, to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Before you go to the next ad read, I did yeah. place a bet, a bet on Bet Online, and it wasn't at Austin Matthews anytime goals. It was Austin Matthews to score the first goal. Oh, there you go, and that even is a great bet because he tends to also score the first goal. I'm and telling you guys, there's some s- like, serious like money. Yeah, well, it would have paid what? Probably like plus three something, plus four something. It was, I believe, plus four sixty-five. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, been nice good at this. Austin Matthews is making me look like a very smart better right now. There you go, pal. There you go. Uh, Why don't you tell us about Built Bar, Mr. Morissuti? Yes. What better way to celebrate Austin Matthews scoring 50 or now 51 and 50 than with a Built Bar? I'm sure Austin Matthews may, you know, some of these may have mentioned him that this is the first ever protein infused marshmallow bar. They're fluffy. They're marshmallow. They're not just good for you. They're also they're not just sorry, they're not just good for you. They're also a treat. They're made with 100 percent real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. You should be replacing your candy bars with these at this point, guys, especially with the number of times we've talked about it, because really candy bars can go between two to three hundred calories. Built bars, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. Yes, that is 17 grams of protein. They have many great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, and one of my favorites, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. Trust me. If you think that they should be looking towards a flavor, trust me, they got their eyes on it. So make sure you go over to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, to get 15% off your off your order. So that is locked15 over at built.com to get yourself 15% off your order. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morrissey with me. We're your hosts here at Locked On Leafs. If you missed it earlier, I gave away the word for the giveaway. First word will be given away another word tomorrow at some point. Not going to tell you when, but at some point during the show, we'll be giving it away Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then uh, we will finally be able to find a winner and uh, get that prize out to you for Monday's show. So a week from today. Uh, so if you missed it, you're going to have to go back. You're going to have to go back and find it. See where we said the word. Go back and find it. Um, and then pay attention the rest of the week. All right. Uh, so we can kind of put the game uh, Saturday night uh, in the past. That game's over. They've got another one tomorrow night against the vaunted Buffalo Sabres. Oof, what a tough game that's going to be as it's 
tend to be this season. Although they finally beat Montreal, who have always who's given them fits all season as well. So maybe that's an omen that uh, now they can not only beat the playoff teams, but they finally, after 72 games, figured out how they can beat non-playoff teams, which would be nice for a change. Um, but going forward, 10 games left in the season. 10 games left. My first question to you, Dave, would you prioritize Campbell's workload or finishing or giving yourself the best opportunity to finish second with home ice advantage in the Atlantic? So I was looking at their schedule coming up. There's some good chance of Campbell some days off and let Eric Schalgren take some take some of the work before before we get into that because we are going to go through the schedule and find the soft games that we could play them but which one like do you think is more important i I think making sure campbell is ready to go for the playoffs now that it depends on what that what you believe is the best way for him to do that i i I personally think that you want to make sure that you're not overworking him because This is a guy who's dealt with his injuries. This is a guy who's had his mental ups and downs. So I think let letting him kind of get, you know, go at a, at a, at a pace that's ideal for him and not putting too much on him, making him feel like he has to shoulder the load. And, you know, oh, we got to sorry, Jack, we're not gonna be able to give you that much time off because we're chasing, you know, second in the division. I think there's a, I think there's a way for them to do that without putting too much pressure on him. All right, so I I agree to a certain extent. I also think that, like, Campbell needs to get into a rhythm because he plays yeah. best when he's in a rhythm. And the only way to do that is to get into some, like, successive games. So why don't we – do you have it? Can we pull it up on the screen, actually, for the YouTube crowd here when we're taking a look at the Leaf schedule? And then we can kind of pinpoint some softer games on the sched for the final 10 and see which games you can get him the night off. So here it is. Here's the uh, the 10-game schedule remaining. They've got Buffalo tomorrow. Then they've got the Capitals, which, Dave, I'm going to be at that game against mm-hmm. the Caps, actually. I'll be there live in person. And then they've got the Senators next Saturday, the Islanders on Sunday. So that's a back-to-back. So we know we're getting the Shogren game somewhere in there. And then the Flyers, the Lightning, the Panthers, the Capitals, another back-to-back situation. And that's a tough back-to-back because you've got two playoff teams. And then the season is finished up with the Red Wings and the Bruins. Okay, so if we are looking at uh, looking at this schedule here, let's go game by game. So tomorrow against the Sabres, solely because we just saw Chagrin play Saturday against Montreal, got to think that they go back to Jack Campbell here for this game against Buffalo, correct? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Thursday against the Capitals, a playoff caliber team. I mean, I think this is another game that you toss Jack Campbell in. That just makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, you don't want to feed him too many easy games. Like You want to give make sure he's being challenged and tested a bit. So I, I think the Capitals is a game I would throw him in for. And, and then next weekend's a back-to-back, Ottawa and the Islanders. Which one looks more like a Eric Schalgren start for you? It wouldn't surprise me if it's the Ottawa game. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. 
another Saturday night game, but it's on the road. I think that that would make sense. But you got the Islanders who are playing some real solid hockey of late, and that's a home game. So you give Jack the the home start against the the, the better Islanders team. I, I like that one. And then a couple next two days later, they've got the Flyers. Who are you playing in this game? I think you could go with Shogren against the Flyers, especially with what the Leafs have coming up after that. And then they've got the Lightning and the Pan. No, they got the Lightning on a Thursday, which absolutely you're you're playing Jack Campbell. Um, you, you know, see what he looks like against uh, NHL. You know, he played well last time that they played the Lightning. Actually, that was his second game. I want to say Is that the second game of yeah, because he went yeah Flyers then Lightning. Weird. They're going Flyers, Lightning, Panthers again. Three straight games. They just did that. That's kind of hilarious. Uh, so they got that little duo there, which Flyers, Lightning. You know, I think you go Jack Campbell for both those games. Uh, myself. And then you got your back-to-back with Florida and Washington. I th- This is where it's a little interesting. I think... Um, I don't know, man. I don't know which one you would go with. It's kind of a a coin flip at this point, but maybe you go with Jack again on the Saturday against the Panthers and then Chalgren against the Capitals. I think so. I think so. I'm cool with that. So you play your starter night one, your backup night two. But then again, I mean, you're kind of penciling the Red Wings as a game for Chalgren. You're going to go with, two straight games for Shalgren there for with the Capitals and then the Red Wings. You know what I think? I think you, you put Jack Campbell against the Red Wings and then the last game of the regular season, you give him the night off. Well, you're saying that as if the Maple Leafs aren't playing somebody like the Bruins in which there could be some things on the line in, the, in this game. You know, like there definitely could be home ice advantage on the line in this game against the Bruins. Well, that and that's the thing that, you know, will come with, you know, five games into this, the whole plan might change, right? That's true. So we're, we're trying to, we're trying to determine a 10 game stretch here. And we know that the coaching staff is as well, right? They're kind of trying to map. Sometimes they're like, oh, we take it, you know, game by game or we take it, you know, in segments. Um, I, I think that if the Leafs are in the position they are in currently, then this is a game that, yeah, you can afford to give Campbell the night off. It, it, it's just going to be a little, it's it's going to be, it's just, it's tough because the situation could change. No, does your mind, does the mindset change if your opponent is Boston? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I don't let, don't I'm of the also the opinion don't throw don't get don't show your hand too much don't let the other team kind of get the full full picture of what you're trying to of what you're trying to do or what you're planning to do don't let the Bruins then this would be I don't think Jack Campbell has seen the Bruins since November so in, in a way the Bruins don't know his tendencies they don't know what he's what he's trying to do here so I think you can you can go about it that way or you can just say, "Hey, guy, you're gonna have to face this team in the playoffs. Let's see what you can do against them. You know, give yourself a chance to know what they're all about. It can go both ways in that case. Um, I think it all it all depends on where 
the Leafs find themselves that they are in a position where they need to solidify a second, yeah, you're putting in Jack Campbell. Like he, it's he's the starter. That's that's his job. That's what you put. You know, that's what you you want from him. Um, I just think it's going to be depending on the circumstance of where the Leafs are in those last few games. Wonder if. Um... Like if he started, I don't. I don't know. I think I would go. I would. I would give him that game regardless, honestly. And then Shalgren, uh against the Red Wings. I think that's how I would do it, um, regardless of what's going on. I, I just believe you. You're not going to want to give a a team like Boston any type of momentum heading into the playoffs. Think like, oh, we could beat them. We could beat them. Like, nope. Make sure you get that win, uh, cemented. And hey, man, like, you know, this is a team that wants to make as much history as possible and you know they could be sitting there trying to extend uh, extend as many records as they possibly can but so we look at it now so 10 games and we gave Shalgren the game against Ottawa the game against the Flyers a game against Washington maybe the Red Wings oh no I didn't give him the you gave him the Flyers I I said I would go with Campbell for for the Flyers game but uh so sends Washington, Red Wings, at least possibly the Flyers. So three, uh, about three or four games. Yeah, out of the last ten. Which means if you're Jack, you're playing six or seven. So six or seven games. What's today? Today would be the eleven. And then, so that means that there are nineteen games left in the season. Yeah, nineteen days left. Right. And then it's 18 days. So six games in 18 days. That's not bad. Like one game every three days. I think he comes in decently rested, you know, with without having to have a crazy workload. And you keep practices kind of mellow. Um, and then he goes into it. And uh, he's not going to be completely rested. But he shouldn't be. It's not an insane workload where he should feel tired and overworked come game one of the playoffs, which is something that we saw happen with Freddie Anderson time and time again, right? So you don't want to make sure that that happens. No, definitely not. I I think the idea of teams pushing their starters to the limit is, is over. I think, I think they, I think they realize the playoffs are just getting too tough. There's so, you know, the games are condensed, the travel and all those things it's just not feasible to expect your starter to hit the 65 to 70 games. Like we used to see from Martin Brodeur yeah. on a, on a consistent basis. Uh, those guys hit hard. like 77 game seasons. It was ridiculous. Insane. I remember Roberto Luongo literally played like 76 or 77 games. I think Jamie McLennan was backing him up that year. He's like, I did nothing. So he's like, I never had to play. Must've been, uh, must've been, quite the season of partying for uh, for noodles there that season um shifting gears and we can just talk about this honestly so quickly but uh matthew nines the leaf second round pick um last season uh just finished up in the frozen four ke finished as a semi-finalist with minnesota and they got eliminated 5-1 matthew nice did score in that game uh the lone goal for his team and he ended up with five goals over his last four games, it sounds like the Maple Leafs really do want to get him signed and get him into uh, into games pretty quickly here in Toronto. 
uh, they're going to be sending somewhat of a full core press to try and get it done. Um, I heard, I've heard multiple reporters saying that, you know, they're going to get Matthews to chat with them. Tavares is going to chat with them. Keith, um, you know, and then obviously management as well with Shani and, and Dubis. And uh, he's apparently leaning towards going back for a, a sophomore season. They might stick around. So the, the Leafs are going to have to sway him to come out early. And uh, so we'll kind of all be, be – it'll be all eyes on that over the next 24 to 48 hours. We've already seen uh, a bunch of these guys start to sign. You know, Matt Berniers signed in Seattle. We saw Owen Power sign in Buffalo. Uh, Kent Johnson signing in Columbus. So this is the time. This is where these kids, they after their seasons, they can now come out of college and start playing some pro hockey. But Matt and I is thinking about maybe one more season – um, some unfinished business, if you will, with Minnesota after coming so close. Uh, so we'll see if they can end up um, successfully changing his mind and pulling him out. But I would think like some some words from a guy like Austin Matthews, who Matt and I, is, keep in mind, born in Scottsdale, Arizona, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Austin Matthews is someone who he looks up to. So to, to have a chance to maybe come up and be with him now, and it's not just for this season, keep that in mind. It's really for next season, right, for, for Matt and I. It's to allow him to be able to play for this team next season. Because this year, you know, he's 19. He's probably not going to crack the, the the playoff roster. But next year, he could factor in for sure, you know, w- within this this middle six uh, group that they have, especially with, you know, Mikheyev probably working his way off this team just based on, you know, he's just been playing really, really solid hockey. Um, you know, and, and we already know the cap squeeze that they're going to be in to get some other guys signed. So nice ELC, Matt Nyes could definitely be an attractive offer uh, option for them. Uh, but again, it's up to him. It's up to him. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens there. All right, Dave, that's going to do it for us here today on the pod. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. Receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morrisuti. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And also uh, follow, like, subscribe us on uh, YouTube as well. Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Uh, Again, we are still giving away the Austin Matthews stick. We gave the first answer, uh, the first word of the phrase, earlier in this podcast if you missed it go back and find out and then uh, come back tomorrow wednesday thursday and friday for the remaining words of the phrase so that you can try and get yourself that austin matthew stick uh we'll be back with another episode tomorrow we'll tee up the game against the buffalo sabers until then keep it locked right here on locked on